Okay. Hi, and welcome to episode eight of Pain and Bread Quarterly Slush Pile. We take more time than other editorial boards, but we stand behind our methodology, so much so that we're going to share our process with you through this podcast. Welcome to the editorial table. I'm Kathleen Volk Miller, and I teach here at Drexel and run um, the graduate program in publishing. I'm co-editor of the Painted Bride Quarterly, and I write essay and memoir. Uh, we have a smaller group with us today, but let's hear from everybody else. Tim Fitz is here in the studio with me. Hi, I am Tim Fitz, and I also teach here at Drexel University, and I've been on the editorial staff here at the Painted Bard Quarterly for about three years now. I'm a short story writer and a novelist, and I have a new short story called Does Anything Beautiful Emerge that will appear in this month's edition of Yarn Magazine, and next month the story will appear in the Head in the Hands Bible Belt Almanac. Very, very cool. Marion? Hi, I'm Marion Wren. I'm the co-editor of Painted Bright Quarterly, um, and I am heading up the Abu Dhabi staff of the Painted Bride. Um, it's about 6 p.m. here in Abu Dhabi, and I'm watching uh, a line of, of worker buses head back to what's called a work camp. Sounds so terrible, um, but it's, it's the horizon outside of my window. There's about 20 buses lined up. It's a shift change. And folks are going home for the evening. Um, and I just wanted to share that image with you. Mm -hmm. Jason. Hi, this is Jason Schneiderman. I am back in Brooklyn. Um, I am associate editor at the Painted Bride Quarterly. And I actually have a book party for my new book of poems, um, Primary Source, which is out from Red Hand Books. And that's tonight. How fun. I wish I could be there. It's the week of writing here at Drexel, and um, we have uh, 19 events going this week. I don't even know which number I'm on. I just know that it's Wednesday hump day, and and that's that's all about what I'm about this week. Marion, how did you manage to get a cold in Abu Dhabi? Isn't it in the 90s there by now? It is in the 90s. It's um, ridiculously humid. And um, I have, as Kathy knows, very curly hair. So I walk around looking like a chia pet in this humidity, which is like, gross massively. But I think I got a cold from the air conditioning. Yeah. And that's the one thing about Abu Dhabi, people don't tell you. Like, it's freezing when it's hot out because the air conditioning is so cranked up inside these buildings. Right. Um, so. Yeah, I, I will try to speak with my sexiest, sexy horse voice. <laughs> That's terrific. Well, um, today we have three poems by three different poets. So that's a little different. Smaller group, smaller poems here um, and no thematic connection. Uh, so let's get rolling and let's start with Todd Pierce. Who would like to read the first poem up today? I can take it. Thank you. Uh, Todd Pierce. If only you could remember. When we came upon the muddy river, between the mountains, I realize now we're not there. Our dog crawling out of the lungs of the mysterious beast he found ahead of us, lost as much, but more at home. We learned to distinguish dream from wish, surrounded by the forest's tired breath, chilling the sky. Our noses bunched up against the scent of something not quite death as I plucked a bloated tick off your nape and popped it 
under the rolling clouds, fine raindrops running red down the dog's white side. Man, is that chock full of images. If only you could remember. I think if I was in a situation like that, I'd remember it. Hmm. Who, who is it addressed? I don't really understand the who it is that he's with. I mean, I, I mean, I guess that's that's open, right? That it could be a father who has Alzheimer's or a wife who's had a head injury or a lover who's, you know, just, you know, kind of blocked it out. Um, it can also be an other that's just gone uh, in any way, death or, or non-togetherness, um, because this person, the speaker in the poem, now doesn't have anybody to remember this day with. You know, I think that's what, another what possible about, read. About the kind of surrealism, like the mountains that I realize now were not there. The dogs crawling out of the lungs of mysterious beast. So that's what caught my attention on the poem. I remember flagging these up when we were reading them um, uh, in, in our slush pile, um, thinking that they might be a fit for the monsters issue. Um, I can't actually recall if Todd himself identified these for, um, for this poem for that monsters issue, but there was something so like, um, uncanny about it. Like, it seems like it puts you in this sort of, you know, familiar setting, right? Like this sort of, you're in the, in nature by a muddy river, but then you get this, I realize now we're not there, meaning the mountains, our dog crawling out of the lungs of the mysterious beast he found. And I'm, I, that is, it's looks, it sounds almost prehistoric, right? Like he's come across this, this cavernous, you know, chunk of ribs and he's crawling out of them. Um, and, and it's weird and interesting. Yeah. Jason, the, I realize now the mountains, I realize now we're not there, I think is what gives me the read that I have, which is he can't talk about this memory with, with whoever that other is, whoever that we mm. and our is. And that's why it's magical and mysterious and he can't get at the facts. I know certain images stick with him, but we can't, you know. But I don't, I mean, he still just don't really get it. I mean, how does he realize now that they're not there? I don't, to continue thinking about it, like upon second thought, upon writing about it, upon, you know, you remember something one way and then you think about it longer and realize, oh no, it was that way, not this way. Jump down a little bit further in the poem, right? Lost as much, but more at home. We learn to distinguish the dream, distinguish dream from wish. And that, that part to me feels like it's, it's trying to tell me something, but there's a chunk missing. Like, well, what's the wish, right? Like it's, mm -hmm. is this a death, like, is it like a death wish? Is it like, is, what's the wish that's, what's like, what is the fantasy here, right? What is the reality? And it's the, the blurring of it seems to be at the heart of the poem, but I get, I get a little befuddled by it. Mm -hmm. Tim, what, what were you thinking? Well, one thing I think is that there are some things that confuse me from the first two thirds of it, but 
it, for some reason, they don't confuse me in a bad way. The, the mountains remind me of um, when I traveled every couple of years to South Korea in the summertime during the monsoon season, the, the clouds, um, the fog sort of seethes in between the low-lying mountains and they do almost look like mysterious beasts. And but then at the first line, he writes that the mountains, I realize we're now not there. Um, there's there's this dissonance between these two images. Mm. It, along with the um, we learn to distinguish dream from wish. But what saves it for me is the image of the bloated tick on on your nape and the tick popping. And for me, it goes from this abstract, surrealist type of imagery into this sort of micro image of the that wonderful black tick. I'm not sure if you've seen ticks like this, but they get about marble sized and that we see a lot in Florida. Um, but they're they're disgusting. They're so horrific <laughs> because they're they're a black marble with that the little tick legs on them. Filled with blood. Yeah. And when you get when they're on your cat or dog's it, embedded in its fur, you gotta be a little bit careful about how you rip it out of there and sometimes they pop. And it's just such a wonderful, disgusting, but beautiful <laughs> image. And you don't know for a, when you first see them, you don't even know if it's a tick. It looks like some sort of growth uh -huh. because they're just sticking out. And um, and so I'm not sure once I get to the end of the poem what I'm coming away with it from it, except for I like it in the same way when I hear a piece by Stockhausen or Varese or something like that. And I and your head sort of knocked sideways and your brain is piecing things together in a good way. So I'm not offended or bothered by the confusion, but I do wonder, I think I'm wondering in a good way. My head's in a good place when I read this. And I'm not sure if I, and in a way I don't want to, I'm, I don't really want to spoil it with thinking about it too much, adding it up too much, mm -hmm. because I feel like maybe I'm taking the wrong approach. Mm -hmm. You trust. You're set. You're set. I mean, you you don't. It it doesn't make a narrative sense, but you trust it. Yeah, yeah. That's a, <laughs> a much simpler way of putting it. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> yeah. How about you? Uh, do I trust it? Yeah. Um. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I love that image. I, I think it's a really beautiful line. When we came upon the muddy river between the mountains, I realized now we're not there. But I, I almost feel like it has an obligation to explain that to me. It's like watching like the first like five minutes of a murder mystery and then being like, okay, well, that was great. Um, you know, I, I want the resolution. But um, but I do th I do think I trust it. I think I'm I'm leaning towards not needing that kind of explanation or resolution. Yeah, I'm I'm stuck with putting the explanation back on the title. If only you could remember. You know? Uh, yeah. I have met you know, memories of people that are dead who they are the only people I was with in certain situations and it sucks that you can't remember something with somebody. 
and get other get the clarity of the detail. Was it night? Was it was it spring spring or fall? I remember wearing a hoodie. Was it you you yeah. know what I mean? Like there's no one to talk it through and remember it with. That's what that line mm. makes me think about. Am I over romanticizing it? Giving it extra credit. No, it's, it's funny because all of my it's it's interesting that all of your thoughts go to like loss and all of my thoughts go to like people where I'm like, you you really don't remember that happening. Where I'm like, no. And then you said this and then I said that. And then like, and you and like, <laughs> and like, okay, well, if you said that, what's happened? You know, like, and it's like, if I say that's what happened, like, that's what happened. But yeah, so I, my, all of all of my um, frustrations of people who can't remember things are with people who are present, not people who are gone. Yeah. Well, I'm also thinking about one of my favorite lines to quote in classes, which is Tobias Wolf. First line of this boy's life is memory has its own story to tell. So I think with either of our reads, that might work. You know, you remember it one way and I remember it another. If only you could remember this like I do. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. So do we, do we want to vote or are we yeah. I think I think we should move on. Yeah. I'm ready. You ready? Oh no, Joe, you're going to have to vote. We have four people today. Oh, oh, our fifth canceled at the last minute. We're an even number. I wonder what's going to happen. Um, okay, are we ready? Mm-hmm. Yep. One, two, three, vote. What do we have there, Joe? Yes, yes, no. Okay, so that's a yes. It's in. All right. All right. Congratulations, Todd Pierce. Congratulations, Todd Pierce. Okay. Um, so as our listeners may recall, if you've heard this before, we've let you know that the poems themselves appear on our podcast pages, which you can access at pbq.drexel.edu. And um, this next poem, the reason why I bring that up right now is this next poem is, um, I don't know, Jason, is there a word for this? It's formatted uh, in two separate columns with white space in between. So one always has to wonder, do I read it? Across the page, left to right, do I read each commons column uh, separately? How do we attack the reading of this poem? Um, I, I do not know of a formal name for this. Okay. Um, in a certain way, it makes more visual the Anglo-Saxon structure of the sejour in the middle of the line. Right. Um, Tahir Des has worked really hard on exactly this form. And I know that when Tahimba does it, it's designed specifically so that it can be read both as first one column going down and then the second column going down, but also across. Yeah. And so I have vague memories that that's what you're run. supposed to do, right? Be able to read it up and down and across. And, do and make it make sense. Yeah. So what should we do right now? We have uh, Beau Bourgeois, Brazilian, and um, we need to read this aloud should we do one down and one across <laughs> I think that's the best way to go both ways okay who wants to do it 
Kathy, do you want to read it as columns first and then Marion can read it as lines? Okay. That's clever. Okay, that sounds good. Nice. Can you have it, Mary, even with your cold, you're right? I think so. Okay. I think so. I'm going to read two separate columns then. This is also a pretty short poem for this kind of um, format. Okay. Brazilian. She leans in, overwhelmed, a wash, zoo stench, sniff, no, I really do admire hemline, zebra skin, oh, commando, information I don't need, smoking, cocktailed, towards my ear, shock of perfume, an old Easter lily, the cut of her bangs on the brow, Ms. Orlando, a cheat, She's the only one touching my arm. So that is the poem in columns. That's great. Okay, so here's the poem reading um, the two columns as if they're one line across with the sejour in the middle. Ready? So Brazilian. She leans in towards my ear, overwhelmed, awash, shock of perfume, zoo stench, sniff, an old Easter lily. No, I really do admire the cut of her hemline, zebra skin, bangs on the brow, oh commando, Ms. Orlando, information I don't need, a cheat. She's the only one smoking, cocktailed, touching my arm. I have to say that I love it read left to right. I like both. The way Marion just read it, and if we read it in that order i am smitten what i was getting smitten when you were reading those columns i was i was actually coming at this as a disbeliever like i was <laughs> i was not thinking it was going to work with just the columns being read mm-hmm. but it it does they do have a sort of gravitational force they're each of them has its own sort of universe of sense in the two columns and also across the page. Mm-hmm. So I was surprised by being pleased with both. Yeah, somewhere back in my mind, I I recall learning that it should work both ways, right? The should with air quotes. Um, what right. were you going to yeah. say, Tim? Oh, I like both ways. Yeah. 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 Um, I like um, it's sort of the same as the the previous poem where it kind of knocks my head a little bit sideways trying to put <laughs> the images together, but it sort of reminds me of uh, the situation where they are in the poem with the perfume and the cocktails and this sort of uh, uh, ro- romantic type of situation where your head is kind of knocked sideways and all the details are skewed and spattered all over the place and uh, nobody's going to come away from the situation with the same memory uh, I like that I like that it's working like that in this poem so it's it's about being like like approached by someone at a party somewhere somewhere where there's cocktails and I flirting I saw Brazilian and I immediately went to waxing <laughs> <laughs> well, oh no, I yeah. do believe yeah. that she's been waxed. I think Ms. Orlando has had a Brazilian. And that's the TMI. Then she's she's like talking about what you know, this woman leaning in and doing her intimate waxing job. 
or at least talking. I get. I think she might mention that she's had a Brazilian. I think she might mention that while she has her hand on his arm and smokes and drinks a cocktail. Potentially. Do you get O Commando? Well, I think she might have a Brazilian and not be wearing underpants. You can use that for women. <laughs> I, I thought Commando sure. only applied for men. What else are we supposed to say? Panty free? Well, I thought I thought you just aren't wearing underwear. I didn't think that's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, no. I, I I think I don't know. Marion and I say commando, don't we, Mare? Absolutely, right? <laughs> I think she's got no drawers on. She's and that's not how we know she's Brazilian. What's what? what? And that's that's how the speaker knows that um <laughs> this woman has a Brazilian mind. I'm wow. so focused on I know. Uh, listen, I'm with you. When I read Brazilian, I was like, oh, this is about waxing somebody's like, you know, situation. Um, but if, if that's, if, yeah, right. So then, oh, commando resonates with that notion of just being, you know, without underpants and having no hair, right? Um, yeah. Which is possible. But that, I have to say, though, I, it makes the whole first part of the poem a little bit like, like rough and funny, right? Like she leans in towards my ear, overwhelmed. A wash, a shock of perfume, zoo stench, sniff an old Easter lily, right? Like, hang on. Now, if this is if this is about a Brazilian like waxing, then then the zoo stench is off this woman, and if it's is it off her body because of the wax? Like, whoa, what is that, right? I, I I don't know. I think that's a very legitimate read because then the speaker says, "No, I really do admire the cut of her hemline." Uh Oh, Commando, Ms. Orlando, information I don't need. Mm. It's too much is revealed, mm-hmm. potentially, right? So it's not really about being seduced. It's about being a little, like, grossed out. A little repulsed, perhaps, right? Yeah. I don't like, know. I don't know. The speaker really does admire her hemline and the bangs on the brow. I think he's trying to persuade himself. Pretty rough. And old Easter Lily, like if we're talking about her, like, you know, waxed area, right? And to call it a lily is lovely, but to call it an old Easter Lily, <laughs> that's a dried up little flower. <laughs> well, and lilies have a very strong smell. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the older it gets, the less it's nice. I don't know. I think she's a tiny bit redeemed, Ms. Orlando. Let's just say the woman with the Brazilian is Ms. Orlando. I don't think maybe the speaker, maybe that's part of it. The speaker is having a push-pull moment with her. You know, there is something, you know, she's the only one smoking, cocktailed, touching my arm. It's a little, that's a little sexy, right? Sexy in a good way. I think that's, that's my inclination to read it there, right? Like to, to, like, yes, it does suggest waxing right but if it just suggests also culture where she's from who she is what's her sort of ethnic background right brazilian and then this description of of this push-pull um flirtation repulsion that's that's enough for me i'm 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 interested in it um if it is about the waxing though like if it's a brazilian waxing (laughs) reference that makes it very funny and i want i and talk about trust do you trust that as a layer of the humor or is it just an accident of calling this the 
Ms. Orlando Brazilian. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm in too good of a mood today, even though I'm so <laughs> overwhelmed. But I think the two reads match up with the two columns, with the two ways to mm-hmm. read it. You know, Jesus. it's all working for, for me in that in that puzzle of a way. Either way, it's working. Right. It's a Brazilian or she's Brazilian. Read it up and down. Read it sideways. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, we all know what commando means. Zebra, sorry, zebra French, not not leopard French. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think. I, uh, do we want to vote? I mean, I feel like I'm personally a little. I, I'm I'm more disoriented than I really want to be in this. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's vote. You ready? All right. One, two, three. <laughs> Joe, are you voting? No. Yeah. Oh, no, two yes. Oh, and Bo Bordrell's got in. Same wow. same score as Todd right. Pierce, three to two, a positive to uh, to rejection. And um, yeah, so we're two for two today. That's such <laughs> such such great news. Um, all right, that's exciting <laughs> stuff. And um, I don't know if I should read this to you or not, but I'm going to. Isabella Fendanza is one of our um, most fabulous students here about to graduate, and she was supposed to join mm-hmm. us. She sent me a text since we've been here, and it says, holy balls, I overslept. <laughs> I am so sorry. Arg, I fell asleep with my computer on the couch last night. <laughs> This term stinks. So there's a couple images for you. Um, if, if, as, Isabella is on a few of the earlier podcasts, so listen in to what she has to say earlier. Um, so that's a T-shirt. Yeah. Holy balls. Holy balls, I overslept. Three exclamation Holy points. Holy balls, I overslept. Yeah. Because <laughs> no matter where you show up in that, it would work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we would love listeners to know what you think about things that we're saying here about the work, about our, our topics. Uh, please let us know on our Facebook page. Each episode has its own event. So look for episode eight if you want to talk about this one. Um, sign up for our email list at pbq.drexel.edu. Uh, we only send about four emails a week. And um, just so that we cover every way to communicate with you, if you send us a self-addressed stamped envelope, we'll send you a really wonderful pop PBQ podcast Lush Pile sticker for your laptop. It's just the size of a Post-it note. So it'll look real cute there. Um, Jason, have an amazing party. Thank you. Congratulations, Jason and Michael Broder, too, right? It's uh, Jason's book and Michael's book. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Marion, drink all the vitamin C that you can get your hands on. Whiskey. And the whiskey. Yeah, I know it's later. You can you can be on the whiskey. I have such a full day happening when when we get off of here. But you can start in on the whiskey. I'll do that later. I'll join you later. All right. All right. Thanks, everybody. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Thank you. Good work. Bye, everybody. 
This podcast is produced through a joint venture of Drexel University's Office of Information Resources and Technology and the Painted Bride Quarterly Magazine. This podcast is the property of Painted Bride Quarterly Magazine. All rights reserved. <laughs>